Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Everybody, it's going to be a different kind of day, and I just wanted to tell you what you're, what you're going to, what you're in for today. Today, we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of our Spanish-speaking congregation, Ministerio Latino. Oh. And so today is a little bit different. You're going to hear the uh, meet and greet part, and you're going to hear the call to worship. You're going to hear the sp- all the the scripture, all in Spanish. We're not going to bother to translate it into English today. It's all going to be in Spanish. Now I'm going to preach, and Michelle is going to translate my sermon into Spanish. But today we're going to do the best we can to be hospitable to this great congregation. How about one more hand from my friend, Pastor Daniel? <laughs> Today's scripture comes from Matthew 21. 33 through 34. Listen to another parable. There was a lone owner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to the tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time has come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. La palabra de hoy está en Mateo, dice así, escuchen otra parábola, había un propietario que plantó un viñedo, lo cercó, cavó un lagar y construyó una torre de vigilancia, luego arrendó el viñedo a unos labradores y se fue de viaje, cuando se acercó el tiempo de la cosecha, mandó sus siervos a los labradores para recibir de estos lo que le correspondía. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Michelle. All right, we're going to have to figure this. We haven't done much rehearsing, and so Michelle and I are going to circle one another up here. Uh, so pray for us uh, today. Welcome, everybody. Bienvenidos todos. Last Sunday was Connection Sunday. El domingo pasado fue Domingo de Conexión. Raise your hand if you went to Connection Sunday out there. Levante la mano si usted Look estuvo ahí. at all those Christians. Very good. <laughs> Muy bien, por los que lo hicieron. We had over 110 volunteer spots filled last week. Tuvimos 110 voluntarios que se unieron la semana pasada. As a matter of fact, for those of you who fear for your Christianity, así que por aquellos de ustedes que temen por su cristiandad, and may have missed an opportunity to be there last week, y no pudieron estar ahí la semana pasada, you can still go to our website or you can go to okcfirst.com slash serve. Puede entrar al website o en okc.com slash serve. And you fill out a brief questionnaire and we'll make sure that somebody gets in touch with you because I want you to have a place to serve if you would like a place to serve. Y llene el cuestionario porque uh, quiere estar seguro de que usted esté ahí. You're doing a great job. <laughs> so last week we had so much to say about volunteerism we didn't have much time to unpack our new sermon series. Así que la semana pasada estuvieron hablando sobre el voluntariado. It is called the uncomfortable kingdom. Y uh, vamos a estar hablando de lo que se llama el, uh, el reino incómodo. Jesus used the language of kings and queens and kingdoms quite a bit in the Gospels. 
Jesucristo en los evangelios utiliza el lenguaje que usaban en, en los reinos, en los reinados eh, de los reyes y reinas. I think it's because we kind of understand kings and queens and kingdoms. Porque en ese tiempo se entendía lo que hablaba sobre los reyes y los reinos. We kind of know what they look like, we kind of know what they all do, we kind of know what kingdoms are supposed to be like. Y sabíamos lo que, lo que eran los reyes, las reinas y las responsabilidades que tenían. So Jesus draws on our knowledge of these things so as to say, but I'm going to be a king and this will be a kingdom that is different from all that you know. Y Jesús habla sobre esto y dice que él va a ser un rey, pero que esto va a ser un reinado diferente al que todo mundo conoce. We will find this kingdom and sometimes even this king very uncomfortable over the next few weeks. Y vamos a ver este reinado y este rey medio incómodos en las siguientes semanas. I don't know if this translates, but I, I, Jesus will say some cringy things over the next few weeks. Does that work? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jesús va a decir un poco cosas que van a que van a dar como decimos en español que le van a dar cosa. <laughs> What's the Spanish word for cringy? I don't know. We say, me da cosa. <laughs> this is working. This is going to be good. I find the Bible to be fascinating. The older I get, the more fascinating it gets. Encontramos varias cosas fascinantes en la Biblia. Especially this Old Testament book, which is so broad. Uh, especialmente el Nuevo Testamento, que es un libro tan amplio. You can spot the presence of differing opinions in the Old Testament. Y usted va a encontrar que se que se, que hay opiniones diferentes que parecen que van eh, en contra de ellas, que son contradictorias. It's almost as if the Old Testament is having a conversation with itself and sometimes it feels like an argument with itself. Parece como si el Antiguo Testamento estuviera peleando contra sí mismo. And it's over very important questions like how does God work in the world? Y la pregunta aquí es cómo eso nos ayuda en este mundo. And that's important because then we have to ask this question, how do we work in the world as a reflection of God? Y, y esto es lo importante, nosotros cómo trabajamos en un mundo para ser el reflejo de Dios. Is God the God who proacts and makes everything happen? Does he control and have power over everything? Es que Dios es el que hace todo, el que forza todo y tiene el control de todo. Or is God the God who reacts and helps us to withstand whatever has happened in the world? O es el Dios, uh, es Dios aquel que nos ayuda a nosotros entender y reaccionar de la manera en la que Él quiere a las cosas que suceden en el mundo. Did God make the invasions of Babylon and of, uh, of Persia happen? Fue Dios el que hizo que pasaran las invasiones de, de Persia y Babilonia? Or does God want us to adapt and adjust when those bad things and terrible things happen? By the time we get to the Gospels, the question goes something like this. Has God told the Romans to come in and take over our homeland? Are we supposed to help God and fight them and kick them out with violence? Tenemos que ayudar a Dios para, para echarlos con violencia. Or are we just supposed to adjust and all become Roman in one way or another? O tenemos que ajustarnos y darle la bienvenida a los romanos de alguna manera. Are we supposed to fight the powers or are we supposed to conform to the powers? Se supone que nosotros peleemos contra los poderes o nosotros nos debemos ajustar con los poderes. This conversation was still happening when Jesus comes to us in Matthew chapter 21. Y esta conversación sigue pasando cuando, cuando Jesús llega a, a los discípulos en Mateo 21. The chief priests and the Pharisees felt like that we should fight the invading occupiers. 
el jefe de los fariseos dice, nosotros tenemos que pelear contra aquellos que están invadiéndonos. Or some of them thought that we should just conform so as to not to make trouble. Pero algunos piensan que tenemos que conformarnos para no crear problemas. But Jesus had a third alternative that I want us to consider today. Pero Jesús tiene una tercera opción. And so he tells this parable. Y él eh, les dice esta parábola. And you've already heard Anaya read it so well, so hear these verses from Matthew chapter 1, verses 33 and 34. Listen to another parable. Dice en Mateo 1, escuchen esta parábola. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Um, había un dueño de, de una tierra y, y lo plantó. And then he leased it to tenants, and then he left and went to another country. Y dejó, dejó a sus siervos a cargo y se fue a otro lugar. This is very similar to a passage in the Old Testament. You can look at it if you want to. It's Isaiah chapter 5. Y esto se parece a, un, a otro versículo que está en Isaías capítulo 5. When God is viewed as planting a high, uh, this whole vineyard, which would be the house of all of Israel. Cuando Dios se le ve plantando este viñedo que tendría que ser la casa de todos en Israel. But things didn't turn out the way God wanted them to turn out. Pero las cosas no salieron como Dios esperaba. Now, whose fault was that? ¿Y de quién era la culpa? Was it the fault of invading occupiers from the outside? ¿Era acaso la culpa de aquellos que vinieron de afuera a ocupar? Or perhaps there was an internal problem. Isaiah 5 doesn't actually settle the question. ¿O acaso era un problema interno? En Isaías no nos dan la respuesta. This parable is meant to have everybody, including you and the chief priests and the Pharisees, think all the way back to Isaiah chapter 5. Y en esta parábola nos tiene a todos, a ustedes y a los jefes de los fariseos regresando a ver Isaías capítulo 5. And this is where this argument is happening. Is God doing this and we're just supposed to adjust to it? Or is God doing this and we're supposed to fight the occupying invaders? Y habla otra vez de este argumento. Dios lo causó y tenemos que ayudarlo o nosotros tenemos que quedarnos en una manera uh, de conformismo. So as I read the rest of the parable to you, keep that in mind. That was the inner dialogue that they were having as they heard Jesus tell the story. Así que mientras le leo lo que sigue de la parábola, tenga en mente eso, que esta era, esta era la cuestión que estaban pasando. In verse 34, when the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. Verse 34. Oh, versículo 34, cuando llegó el tiempo de la cosecha, él envió a sus esclavos y a los tenientes para, para recolectar el, um, la cosecha. Pero ellos... Eh, quitaron a los esclavos y golpearon a uno, mataron a otro y apedrearon a otro. Verse 35 and 36. But the tenants seized his slaves and they beat one. Think of the prophets who were sent and the people of God damaged them. They beat one, killed another and stoned another. Cuando está hablando de, de aquellos esclavos a los que golpearon, usted recuerde a los profetas. Then he sent more prophets, but here it says he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they traded them in the same way. Y después sigue hablando de los esclavos y dice que, que, que los mandaron más y más que a los primeros y que los, los, los trataron mal y que los intercambiaron. And then verse 37, finally he said, sent his son to them saying, they will respect my son. Can you kind of see this playing out? Y después el dueño de las tierras dice, voy a mandar a mi hijo. Cuando mande a mi hijo, lo van a respetar. Verse 38, but when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir. 
Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. Pero cuando el, el dueño de, de las tierras mandó a su hijo, uh, los que estaban ahí, los que estaban ocupando la tierra, dijeron, este es el heredero, matémoslo y quedémonos con sus riquezas. So they seized him. They threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. Verse 40. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? Así que uh, ellos tomaron al hijo, lo mataron y lo... Uh, pues lo echaron en un hoyo. Entonces empezaron a pensar, cuando venga el dueño, ¿qué es lo que va a hacer? You're doing a great job. They thought they knew the story Jesus was telling. They thought they knew how to interpret the story that Jesus is telling here. Y ellos en ese entonces pensaron que estaban entendiendo de lo que Jesús estaba hablando. This is why they say in verse 31, he, the landowner, will put those, put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants, probably us, right, Jesus, who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Entonces dijeron, uh, nosotros vamos a, va, va, el, el dueño va a poner a los que están ocupando la tierra, les va a dar una, una muerte muy cruel y va a dejar a unos nuevos ocupantes que tomen, tomen un buen cuidado del viñedo. Remember, they thought they knew the story that Jesus was telling. Pero ellos pensaban que sabían de lo que estaba hablando Jesús. They thought they were amongst those who were being brutalized and that God would finally come seeking vengeance. Ellos pensaban que, que, iban, a, que iban a ser librados por Dios de una manera uh, violenta. Of course that's what they thought. Of course that's what they thought because that's what they would do if they were God. Pero eso es lo que ellos pensaban porque es lo que ellos harían si ellos estuvieran en el lugar de Dios. Because they, like so many of us, work very hard to remake God in our own image. Porque nosotros trabajamos muy duro como, como para, para nosotros entregarle a Dios a nuestros problemas y que Él se encargue de ellos. This is how they understand God to work in the world. Y esto es lo que ellos piensan que Dios hace en el mundo. God is the ultimate avenger. Que Dios es el super vengador. As we look at the news today, we see these cycles of violence play out all around us. Cuando usted mira las noticias en estos días, usted puede ver que hay muchísima violencia en todo el mundo. And this is what makes me nervous, Christian people. Y esto es lo que, lo que me pone nervioso de los cristianos. I hear way too many Christians advocating for violence in the name of God. Yo escucho muchos cristianos que están aprobando la violencia en el nombre de Dios. It's almost as if we are allowing the culture to force us to remake God in the culture's image of violence and vengeance. Es como si nosotros, por nuestra cultura violenta, quisiéramos poner a Dios en ese lugar. I mean, check your heart right now. What do you want from your version of God? Y queremos que, que usted revise su corazón. ¿Usted qué desearía que hiciera Dios por usted? It's not just what do you want God to do with you, but what do you want God to do with your enemies and you know exactly who they are. No es sobre lo que usted, lo que usted quiere que Dios haga en usted, sino lo que usted quiere que Dios le haga a sus enemigos y usted sabe quiénes son. So we're asking the question again, does God want us to fight using the weapons of the enemy, enemy or just to sort of conform to what the enemy wants us to do or to be? Y otra vez venimos a la pregunta, ¿Dios quiere que nosotros peleemos como pelea el enemigo o que nosotros nos conformemos a la forma de pensar de Dios? But Jesus offers a very uncomfortable but a very hopeful third alternative. Pero Jesús aquí viene y nos ofrece una tercera alternativa que es un poco incómoda pero que nos llena de paz. In response to their answer, Jesus says this, 
I'm going to read here verses 42. I'll read verse 42, then I'll stop. Okay. Jesus said to them, you guys, <laughs> have you not read your own scriptures? Have you not read this psalm that says something like this? The stone that the builders rejected, speaking of himself now, has become the cornerstone, the cornerstone. And this was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Esto es lo que dice Jesús, dice, ¿ustedes no han leído las escrituras? Dice, la piedra que los constructores rechazaron se ha convertido en la piedra angular. Y esto es lo que el Señor está haciendo. ¿Esto no es sorprendente a sus ojos? Jesus seems to know now what is going to happen to him. And they seem to know that Jesus is talking now about himself. Jesús muestra que él ya sabe lo que le va a pasar y que ellos también están uh, tratando de entenderlo. And in my mind, I can see Jesus now pointing at the chief priests and the Pharisees as he says this, Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken, taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. Y yo me imagino que en ese momento Jesús señaló a los jefes de los fariseos y dijo, así que yo les digo, el reino de Dios será quitado de ustedes y se le va a dar a las personas que produzcan frutos para el reino. And then he, then he says this in verse 44, and it's puzzling, but I think we can make some sense of it. The one who falls on this stone, the cornerstone, he's talking about himself, the one who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. Y él está, está, sigue hablando sobre él, dice, el hombre que caiga en esta piedra angular será partido en pedazos y aplastará a aquel sobre quien caiga. I know that sounds painful. I know that sounds kind of violent in and of itself, but I want you to hear this rather than a warning. You ready? I want you to hear this as an invitation. Y esto puede sonar un poco doloroso e incluso violento, pero quiero que usted lo escuche más bien como una invitación. Yes, the pastor is asking this morning if perhaps it's time for you to be broken to pieces and perhaps even crushed. Sí, eh, su pastor les está pidiendo que se deje romper en pedazos. It reminds me of a story that we see in the book of Acts. There's a man by the name of Saul. Me recuerda la historia en el libro de, de Hechos. El, eh, había un hombre que se llamaba Saulo. He was very busy persecuting the people of God. He was actually still busy persecuting Jesus, who had been killed, but also had been raised to life. Él estaba muy, muy ocupado persiguiendo a la gente de Dios. Incluso estaba muy ocupado persiguiendo a Jesús, que ya había sido muerto, pero que fue traído de vuelta a la vida. Listen to Paul's testimony. I'm going to read to you a paragraph from Philippians chapter 3. Quiero que escuche este, este versículo en Filipenses capítulo 3. We're doing pretty good, right? Okay, good. Filipenses 3, verse 4. If anyone has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Si alguien es, es, tiene una razón para estar, para estar confiado en su carne, yo tengo más. Paul considered himself to be a Jew amongst Jews, a Pharisee amongst Pharisees. He considered himself to be one of the leaders of the Jewish religious establishment. Saulo se consideraba a sí mismo el judío de judíos, fariseo de fariseos, el, el más alto. He was doing the ugly things that he was doing quite honestly. He believed that he was fighting the right fight. Él hacía las cosas que hacía de una manera honesta porque él estaba pensando en sí mismo que él estaba peleando la, la batalla correcta. But then the cornerstone fell on him. 
Pero luego la piedra angular cayó sobre él. Crushed him and broke him into pieces. Y lo quebró en pedazos. Here's what Paul says in verse 7 right here. Whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as lost because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'll stop right there. Dice, uh, aún así, cualquier ganancia que yo haya tenido lo cuento como pérdida por la causa de Cristo. Más que eso, cualquier cosa la cuento como pérdida por el valor que lo sobrepasa, que es de conocer a Cristo como mi Salvador. He was broken into pieces and crushed. And so I'll pick it up right here. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them now as all rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. Sorry, that was too long. <laughs> Dice, por Cristo he sufrido la pérdida de todas las cosas, pero todas esas cosas las considero como basura. Porque mi ganancia en Cristo es mayor y quiero ser encontrado en Él. No quiero ser encontrado en una religiosidad propia que viene de la ley, sino en una que viene de mi fe en Cristo. Esa religiosidad y esa rectitud que viene de Dios basada en la fe. I want you to think about your own life and the questions that we have asked today that have been asked from the very beginning. Y quiero que piense en su vida y en las preguntas que le he hecho desde el principio. Important questions like how does God work in the world? Esta pregunta importante como, ¿cómo es que Dios actúa en el mundo? Another important question, how are we supposed to work in the world given our understanding of God? Y cómo nosotros tenemos que actuar dado nuestro conocimiento que tenemos sobre Dios. The chief priests and the Pharisees thought they only had two options, fight with the weapons of the enemy against the enemy or conform to the enemy. El jefe de los fariseos pensaba que solo tenían dos opciones, pelear contra el enemigo con sus mismas armas o conformarse al enemigo. But the third alternative that Jesus offers them today is the same one that he offers to you and to me today, and that third alternative I'm going to call resurrection hope. Esta, esta tercera opción uh, viene Jesús y se las presenta, y es la misma opción que yo les presento, la resurrección en la esperanza. It was only after he had been broken to pieces and crushed that he had the opportunity to live out this resurrection hope. Después de que Cristo fue partido en pedazos, es como pudo ser resucitado. Talking about Paul, so I'll pick up now with verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death if somehow I too may attain the resurrection from the dead. Como dijo Pablo, quiero conocer a Cristo y el poder de su resurrección y compartir sus sufrimientos uh, siendo como Él en su muerte. Si de alguna manera yo pudiera obtener esa resurrección de Every, la muerte. I'm sorry about that. Everything changed about Saul. Todo había cambiado en Saulo. His definitions of success, they changed. Su definición de lo que era el éxito ya había cambiado. His life trajectory, it completely changed. Su trayectoria de vida ya había cambiado por completo. And you know this, right? Even his name was changed. Incluso usted lo sabe, que su nombre también fue cambiado. No longer Saul, he became Paul, the author of more books of the Bible than anybody else. Eh, se convirtió en, en, en Pablo, que, que, fue, que es un autor de la Biblia que escribió muchísimos más libros que otros autores. So here's the strange prayer that your pastor was praying for himself, but also for you this week. 
Y esta, esta es la oración que su pastor va a estar orando por sí mismo y por todos ustedes en esta semana. I pray this week that more of us would be willing to be crushed. Uh, yo oro porque la mayoría de nosotros, todos nosotros, estemos dispuestos a ser quebrados. Perhaps broken to pieces, everything changed in our lives. Que todo se rompa en pedazos y que todo cambie en nuestras vidas. Because perhaps that's the only moment when resurrection, life, and hope can take shape in your life. Porque tal vez ese es el único momento en el que la resurrección puede tomar forma en su vida. Would you consider allowing yourself to be crushed no matter the cost? ¿Usted consideraría ser quebrado sin importar el precio? Is it possible that you've not accessed the best of all of these alternatives because you refuse to be broken to pieces? ¿O será que usted uh, no quiere accesar estas cosas para no ser roto en pedazos? Would you consider today allowing Christ to crush you and perhaps change everything about you. Usted consideraría que Cristo lo quebrara y cambiara todo en usted. We're about to gather around the table again, but I want to point out a couple of things before we do. Uh, vamos a reunirnos en la mesa, pero quiero quiero recalcar algunas cosas antes de hacerlo. You realize right that you will be taking the elements, the bread and cup into your hands. Usted uh, tiene que ser muy consciente que va a tomar los elementos, que es el, el pan y el vino, en sus manos. And we say this every week that we take communion. Hopefully, you will take so much of this communion that you become the bread. Y lo decimos todas las semanas. Esperamos que usted tome esta comunión hasta que usted se convierta en el mismo pan. But here's the thing about the bread that we'll receive and the bread that we will be for the world. It always comes broken. Pero esta es la cosa con el pan que vamos a recibir y en el pan que nosotros vamos a dar al mundo. Siempre viene quebrado. And the cup. Some call it wine. We will not call it wine today. Y esta copa es, es, es vino, pero no es vino hoy. There is some chance that it is real grape juice, though. <laughs> es más bien jugo de uva. It used to be grapes. Solían ser uvas. And do you know how you make grape juice out of grapes? ¿Y usted sabe cómo hacen el jugo de uvas? You crush the grapes. Aplastan las uvas. So each week we gather around this table to see the value of being broken and crushed. Así que cada vez que usted eh, se reúna a tomar estos elementos, tiene que recordar que lo que está consumiendo ha sido quebrado y aplastado. And each week we recognize because of the story that we represent here, we recognize that we're being identified, yes, with the death of Christ, the one whose body was broken and whose blood was spilled. Y tenemos que recordar que nos estamos identificando con Cristo, uh, que su cuerpo fue quebrado y su sangre fue derramada. But you should know this pastor believes that this Jesus is not dead. Pero usted debe de saber que este pastor no cree que Jesús esté muerto. In fact, we take the bread and the cup to hopefully tune our eyes and our ears so that we can spot the resurrected Christ around where we could not see him before. Si no tomamos estos elementos para poder ver al Cristo resucitado de una manera en la que no lo hemos podido ver antes. And in our sacramental moments here, but also in the pool over there, we're not only identified with the death of Christ, people, but we're also identified with the life, the resurrected life of Christ. Y al hacer esto, no solamente nos identificamos aquí con la muerte de Cristo, sino con la vida resucitada de Cristo. And just so you know, I believe about myself and I believe about you that the only way we get from here to life lived in the light of the resurrection is to be broken and crushed. 
y quiero que, que sepa que la manera en la que pienso que vamos a llegar a esa resurrección es siendo quebrados. Saul would never have become Paul had he not been broken and crushed. Saulo nunca se hubiera convertido en Pablo si no hubiera sido quebrado. Who might you become if you were allowed this cornerstone to break and crush you? ¿En quién se podría convertir usted mismo si permitiera que esta piedra angular lo quebrara? What might you become? What might God be able to do with you? How might your name carry a different connotation if you allow this Jesus who has chosen you to break you and to crush you? ¿Qué sería de usted? ¿Cómo cambiaría su nombre y su fama si usted admitiera que esta piedra angular ha venido a quebrarlo? As the people are coming to help us set this table, I would like to ask you all who will participate today to consider that today might be a good day to be broken. Mientras uh, se acercan los sugieres, eh, le pido que considere cómo es que esta piedra lo está quebrando. So now hear this prayer of blessing. Así que oremos uh, esta oración de bendición. Heavenly Father, bless these elements and make them into something that they would not have been otherwise. Amado Señor, bendice estos elementos. And as we take into our own bodies the bread and the cup, may we become something that we would not have been otherwise. Mientras los, mientras los tomamos a nuestro cuerpo, permite que nos convirtamos en algo que no lo seríamos si no fuera por ti. God, today help us to remember as we partake that we partake of elements that have been broken and crushed. Ayúdanos a recordar que estos elementos han sido quebrados y aplastados. And may we consider as we make the long walk to the table today y que al hacer esta hacia tomarlos, that it might be time for us as well to be broken and crushed. Or God, it might be time for us to be broken and crushed again. De nuevo. Give us the courage, God, to hear you as you call us to a life that it looks more like Paul than the life that looks like Saul. Danos el coraje para vivir una vida que se parece más a la de Pablo que a la de Saulo. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and exit your pews to your left. En un momento, um, vamos a salir por la izquierda. And then you will come forward with your hands cupped and approach someone holding a plate of bread. Va a venir alguien que está uh, sosteniendo el pan. As you get close, that person will place a piece of bread in your hands and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Take that piece of bread and dip it into the cup. When you do, that person will say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And then eat, and then if you would, find a place to pray. If you come to one of these side padded altars, we will assume that you are there for a prayer for healing. And one of our elders will meet you there and anoint you with oil for healing. Y uh, alguno de nuestros sugieres va a venir y lo va a ungir con aceite. If you speak Spanish, we happen to have a Spanish-speaking pastor who will meet you and pray that prayer for you. Y si usted habla español, nuestro pastor que habla español va a venir a orar por usted. You may want to come to one of these benches up front and pray. 
Así que uh, si usted quiere venir a orar, uh, están abiertos los altares. And we won't assume anything about the reason that you are there. No vamos a asumir nada sobre la razón por la que está aquí. But somebody, and probably me, will come by and just put a hand on your shoulder to let you know that you're not alone. Pero alguien, probablemente yo, voy a poner mis manos sobre usted para que usted sepa que no está solo. Or you can circle right back around and pray at your pew, but I do hope that you will pray. O puede regresar a su asiento, pero yo espero que usted pueda orar. And it's a pretty simple prayer. It's going to go one of two ways. God, will you crush me and break me all over again? Es esta oración que es muy sencilla. Dios, uh, ¿podrías quebrarme de nuevo? Or God, would you help me to be willing for you to break me and crush me, and if need be, again? Oh, Señor, ¿me podrías uh, hacer una persona dispuesta a ser quebrado por ti? You all are invited to this table today if you know that you need this grace. Ustedes están invitados si saben que necesitan esta gracia. But if you would rather not participate today, that is perfectly fine. Pero si usted no gusta participar, está, está bien. As we say around here, all are invited, but none are compelled. Ninguno, uh, estamos diciendo que todos están invitados, pero ninguno está obligado. You may ask yourself, but am I qualified to come to the table? Y si usted piensa que usted no está calificado. I had a really bad morning, you might say. <laughs> Yo tuve una mala mañana. I wasn't nice to my kids this morning. <laughs> no estuve con mis hijos esta mañana. You are still welcome at this table if you know you need grace. Usted puede venir a esta, esta mesa si sabe que necesita gracia. Because we all know that we need it as well. Porque todos la necesitamos. So here is the ritual. It was on the night that he was betrayed that our Savior took bread, he broke it, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. Este es el, el ritual, la noche en la que Cristo fue entregado. Él tomó el pan y lo partió. He said, this is my body, broken for you, and every time you eat of it, remember me. Lo pasó a sus discípulos y les dijo, este es mi cuerpo quebrado por ustedes. Cada vez que lo coman, háganlo en memoria de mí. In the same way, he took the cup and he held it before them and said, and this is my blood, the blood of a new covenant. De la misma manera, tomó la copa y la pasó y dijo, esta es mi sangre, sangre del pacto. And every time you drink of it, including today, remember me. Cada vez que la tomen, acuérdense de mí. Now all across the sanctuary, if you would, stand to your feet, exit your pew to the left, and come receive the gifts of God meant for the people of God. Así que les invito a ponerse de pie, salir por la izquierda y venir a tomar la sangre y el cuerpo de Cristo.